Hi, my friends, and welcome to From Here to There. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing about the lives of many people throughout history and people alive today that God has worked through in order to bring increase and influence of His kingdom here on earth. But in this first series, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you my story, how God was able to take me from powerless to powerful and from the nest to the nations. I really believe that as you listen, God is going to give you keys to moving forward toward your God destiny. So let's get started with this week's message. Hi, friends. This is Tony again with From Here to There. This is the podcast where we talk about our stories, how God got us from where we were to where we are now. In this first series, I've been sharing my story, how I went from powerless to powerful and from the nest, we could say, to the nations. So today's episode is called The Difference Maker. My friends, we all have a past things we wish we could forget, things that we wish we could rewind and do over. But today I'm going to share about how Jesus was the difference maker in my life and how he can be the difference maker in your life. There is a song I've been listening to recently, and it's called From Graves Into Gardens by Elevation Worship. And I love what it says, you turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes, you turn shame into glory, and you're the only one who can. Truly, Jesus is the difference maker. So first, I want to share something about time that is interesting to me. In the Greek, the language of the New Testament, there are two words for time. The first is the word chronos, and chronos we could describe as a timeline, a flat series of events that cover a period of time. And then we have the other word, kairos, which some of you may be familiar with, but kairos means a special time or a particular season, a due season of time. So when we look back over our lives, we don't always remember the chronos. You know, every day, the getting up, eating breakfast, What we did every day, those things are not memorable and they don't stand out in our minds. But what we do remember when we look back are the kairos, the spikes or the memorable special moments in our life. And those are meaningful moments, some of them great and good, but some of them not so good. And so as we talk about God and he's moving us from where we were to where he wants us to be, It's helpful sometimes to look back over our timeline and look at these events that have shaped us. They shape us as a person. They feed into our memory. Sometimes they involve wounds that need to be healed. Sometimes they involve blessings and places where our faith took hold of something that was impossible to us in the natural. Some of these events are are special moments with God, things he shared from his word, or a prophetic word, or something he just revealed to you. Other times there are things that just happened in our life that we had no control over. And God wants to take us back and help us through those times and heal us through those times. And not only does he heal us, but he does really turn ashes into beauty. 
And he does really turn shame into glory. He's able to turn things around and make us step up into a new level and go a new direction. So God, here's how I like to think about it, okay? Imagine a wheel and God is in eternity, or we could call it in the spirit or the eternal realm, and he is in the center of this wheel. Whereas we, in our lifetime, we're walking like along the rim of the wheel in the dimension called time. Now, because God is in the center of the wheel, he can see and even move along any point in the wheel. He's not limited by time. And so as the Lord looks at us, his body, the church, he sees this living body made up of people throughout generations, people being born, people dying, people walking along that timeline for 50 years or 75 years. And all of these people are walking as one toward a purpose that God has for all of humanity and for our planet, for planet Earth. Isaiah 46, verse 9, says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So you see, God has counsel and God has a plan and he is directing like the master builder, the wise master builder, he's directing our lives as we come into his kingdom and we begin to look to him. He's building something. Jesus said, I will build my church, but really the church is the kingdom of God. He's building a kingdom and he's restoring what the devil stole from us in the garden of Eden. He's restoring our authority. He's restoring vision to us and purpose to us. And yet, you know, in my life, there's been a benefit. I'm kind of an introspective person. There's been a benefit of looking to the past. I encourage you, you know, if you haven't done that, that you set some time aside and spend time with the Lord and ask him to reveal some things that might be hindering you, things that happened a long time ago. The way I view these things, they're kind of like shades or shadows over our heart. And Jesus wants our heart to be clear so that we can be like glass and we can just reflect his glory. But some parts of our heart maybe have a shadow over it. And the Lord is powerful and able. He's the difference maker. He can turn that sad place or that hurt place into a place where his glory is seen. And he has done that in my life. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. So I first want to go back though, to when I was age 15. And when I became a Christian, because that was the first turning point on my timeline. You know, I was raised in church, we went to a congregational church. And I remember significantly learning Bible stories and singing in the choir as a child. But, you know, I never was taught that I could or that I should have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I was born in the hippie era. You know, I was one of those young hippies on the young end, but I became kind of rebellious. We actually moved to a new location. We moved from Colorado to Illinois, and of course, I had to make new friends, and I was in awkward situation. And so I think that's part of the reason why I turned to kind of an unconventional 
form of life. (laughs) But as a young hippie, I just hung out with these older people who were probably still only teenagers. But one weekend, I remember asking our friends, our older friends, like, what are we going to do this weekend? And they said, we're going over to Keith's house for a Bible study. And I remember thinking, Bible study? Hmm. But I just followed along with the crowd, and we got to the home of one of the guys whose parents were apparently very evangelistic Christians and invited all these misfits over for the Bible study. And a young man preached. I don't remember his name anymore, but I do remember his message. He preached on the different words in the New Testament for love, and he preached on agape and the love of God and how it was different from any human kind of love. And main thing that really was new for me was at the end, he gave an altar call and he explained how you could ask Jesus personally to come into your heart. And if you would do that, he would make himself real to you and he would come in and he would walk with you and talk with you. Well, I was too shy or embarrassed to raise my hand that day at the altar call. But, you know, I went home and I did what the young man said and I did get alone. And I said, Jesus, I've heard about you. And now I've heard that you want a personal relationship with me. And so if you're real, I'm asking you come into my heart. And I'm telling you, wow, there was no doubt in my mind, Jesus was real. And I asked him in my heart that day. And you know, when I did that, and when we do that, what happens is spirit life comes into our spirit. It's as if we're created to know God, but because of sin, we're separated. And when we invite Jesus in, suddenly light comes. And so our spirit is changed in an instant. We become born again, but it takes time to grow and to have that change on the inside work its way out to the outside. And so, again, here I was living kind of a not very good lifestyle, but knowing I had a friend. (laughs) Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. To me, he was always with me. And actually, I started reading my Bible, and I would read my Bible, and I would say, wow, I didn't know that was wrong. And he began to convict me of certain things in my lifestyle. And so one thing that happened that I remember, of course, there are probably many things I don't, But when we moved, I want to say I was in like seventh grade at the time, and we had moved to this city in Illinois where they were doing busing. And so we were bused from our high class neighborhood into an inner city junior high school that was a very different culture than what we white privileged young girls in our family were used to. And so I know that no one explained to us what was going on. My sisters and I were just talking about how how someone probably could have explained to us that we were going to experience a new culture, but no one explained it. And I think because of the insecurity of all of it, we had to ride on this crowded bus with all these people. I'm pretty sure that's what prompted me to do something that no one who knows me today would ever imagine me doing, and that was bullying. So I started to pick on kids that were, you know, out of style or acted retarded or whatever. And I got into this terrible habit that I would be the ringleader to tease these kids and everybody would laugh. And I guess it somehow made me feel 
like I was better and I was secure. Well, what happened when I got born again, the very next day when I went to school on the bus, my heart was so sorry for what I had done. It was like suddenly the eyes of my heart were opened and I could see these people as God saw them. And I grieved over what I had done. And I was too prideful, I guess, or just didn't know enough to go and just tell them I'm sorry and share Jesus with them. But I spent the rest of my time in that school doing everything I could to show those people that I had bullied that I was a new person now and I would help them and I would befriend them. And, you know, my heart had changed. And so that's the one way that I really know that my spirit became new, even though it took a while before my life really changed as far as my activities and my character. Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13 says to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, for it's God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. I love how the Amplified says it is God who is all the while at work in you, creating in you power and desire to do his good will and pleasure. And so that's what God was doing with me during those years. And this was the beginning of my journey with Jesus before I began to learn the word and grow. He was always with me. And I'm sure if you look back prayerfully on your life, you will find his hand upon you, leading you toward him and his plan even when you didn't even know him yet. Most of the people I talk to when we work on a life timeline and we look back and we see that his hand was guiding us. He was drawing us to himself. And so now when we grow up and we know more, sometimes we feel like judging others and condemning people that are living a lifestyle of sin. But whenever that happens in my mind, I always remember (laughs) how he was with me. He was with me in the bad places. He was with me when I didn't walk the way he wanted me to walk. He was my best friend and he still is my best friend. So that's my salvation story. And a lot of people don't know that story, but I want to go into the real change that happened in our lives, in our family's life. That was a thing that we had to overcome. So there was a lot of life in between. I told you about a little bit last week about being a teenage mom, being divorced, being remarried, becoming a ranch wife. Yes, I even made my own butter and I had chickens in a garden. And actually, I love that kind of life. I skip over here the part about being filled with the Holy Spirit and joining a small Bible study and growing in God. It's hard to believe, but I used to be so timid, I'd run from the room if I thought somebody was going to ask me to pray. But you see, Jesus, he's the difference maker. If you stick with him, he'll turn your ashes into beauty, your shame into glory. And like that song says, he's the only one who can. So let's fast forward 20 years, and I find myself married with five children, ranging from college to preschool age, and suddenly one day our lives are completely turned upside down. One April morning, I awoke, and the birds were singing, And there was just that peaceful feeling all around me in the spring with the new birth of flowers and trees. And I just had this feeling that all was right with the world. And there was just an extreme peace, a perfect peace in the house. And this is something I I still can't figure out why that peace was there. 
But I got up after tossing and turning and staying in bed a little bit longer. And I went out into our living room and there was my husband, Don, laying on the sofa. And I thought that's odd because he should have been at work. And he was such a faithful man. He never missed work. Well, it didn't take me very long to realize that he wasn't breathing. And I called 911 and gathered the kids, the three kids at home, to follow the ambulance to the hospital. But I knew in my heart that he was gone. Uh, Don had had a heart attack, and he was gone to be with the Lord. And so that was the experience I had where I realized how powerless I really felt. Last week, I talked about this class I took on women and trying to help these women in Nepal and other places and suddenly realizing, oh my gosh, I am that woman. (laughs) I mean, I've been that woman who felt like we were going to die and I had no future. I, the scariest thing about that time of my life was everything I ever thought was going to happen was erased. And it was like a whiteboard with nothing on it. My future was blank. And that is a very scary slate of unknowns and feeling terribly alone and responsible for my kids. I've always enjoyed reading books about women, strong women. I like books about history. And of course, in this podcast, as we go ahead into the weeks ahead, you're going to hear so many awesome stories about powerful women who've made a difference in our history. But I love to read about women pioneers. They lived off the land. They shot their own animals and they were so brave and self-sufficient. But that was not me. I am so thankful at that time that we had a church family around us and I clung to them for all I was worth. But even more than clinging to them, I clung to Jesus. I still have my journals of those days documenting the pain, confusion, and God's hand and direction upon me in supernatural ways, even in the darkest of times. One thing I remember reading during that time was that losing a husband was one of the highest things on the stress list, one of the highest, worst things that could happen to you stress-wise. And I remember thinking to myself, well, if this is the worst thing that can happen to me, I guess I'm doing all right. And the Lord had spoke to my heart and said, you know, when people have none of me, they have no peace. When they have some of me, they have some peace. And when they have much of me, they have great peace. The Bible says in John 16, 33, Jesus said this, These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. That word in the Greek is the word thlipsis, which means pressure or squeezing. In the world, you're going to have pressure. In the world, you're going to feel squeezed. And when we're squeezed, what happens is what's on the inside of us comes out. Boy, we really know that now in this last few months with this pandemic going on. What is in us comes out when we're squeezed. And many people are living in fear and have no peace. But I pray that you, as a Christian, can know the peace of God that passes all understanding. And that's the kind of peace that it doesn't matter what it looks like all around us. It could be a storm raging, but we can have peace like Jesus did in that boat 
right in the middle of the storm. And when our eyes are on him, just like Peter, he'll reach out his hand and he'll say, come on, and he'll enable us to walk on the water in the middle of a storm. So my story is truly one of redemption, truly one of God taking what the enemy meant for harm and turning it to good. My life, I feel like, is a testimony of the difference maker, Jesus. And I want you to see and know how he can redeem and restore anything that the devil has done in your life, anything that anyone else has done in your life. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says he's made everything beautiful in its time, and he's put eternity into our hearts. And so, friends, God has a plan for you. God has a destiny for you. God has a place for you called there. And that place called there is a place where everything he created in you can come out and be blessing to the world and be a blessing to you as well. He wants to put his hand on you and fit you into a place where you can fill that place with glory. As that song again says, you turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. That's talking about Ezekiel 37 when the valley of dry bones came to life. It says you turn seas into highways. Well, that's talking about Moses and the children of Israel who walked through the Red Sea into the promise. You are the only one who can. So Jesus, we praise you today. I praise you personally for what you've done in my life. And it is my joy to share this testimony with others. And I want to encourage all of you that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he's done in my life, he can do in your life. He's the difference maker. So join me next week. We're going to talk about props in our lives things and people that we depend on that are unstable and how to redirect our trust and our dependency to Jesus. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening today. I pray you were blessed and encouraged. One of my life scriptures is Hebrews 11.1 in the Jordan translation. It says, now faith is the turning of dreams into deeds. It is betting your life on unseen realities. In Jesus Christ, you have what it takes to step into all God has prepared for you. If this episode's blessed you, please share it with someone else. I look forward to meeting with you again next week.